hello everybody it's been three weeks three weeks since the last episode it may have been like five weeks um but we are back and we are going to talk about cons of being digital nomad but we also don't really want it to be super negative um you know these are challenges and hurdles to overcome and over time we'll probably have other episodes that are focus on cons so to speak negatives but with strategies on how to actually handle them because there are ways around them um, but these are some of the kind of observations we've had plus we stay tuned because we have been on another podcast as guests and that will be coming out in the next week or so may even be out when this is out when 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 you're listening to this now um, which was really cool with Anne from Digital Nomad Stories, which you may have already been listening to. Uh, so definitely take a listen. Uh, we'll share it on our many social media networks when okay. that is the case. I'm not sure. Yeah, yep. that's the thing too. We've got uh, we've got all new platforms uh, being set up as we speak. So we'll have the links for everybody to follow that as well. Uh, between the even the ones we were trying to put off, I was trying to avoid TikTok, but it's. It's apparently here to stay, so uh, we will be on there as well. We'll be putting our useful shorts and clips from some of these episodes into TikTok and and also Instagram, and then we'll have our YouTube shorts up as well. Look forward to that. That's going to be really good. Um, awesome. Um, cool. Cons of being a digital nomad. So I've put the first one I put in to we have like a little notes area is moving around quickly can affect your work. So depending on what level you are, not level, but what stage you are in, in your journey of location independence. If you have a lot of work on moving around quickly, and I mean like two to four weeks at a time is quite disruptive. Um, although I think it depends on how old you are. I reckon like some 20 year olds, like early twenties, maybe they're okay doing it. Um, but I'm certainly not early 20s anymore and I know it feels like sometimes quite tiring to move around and it's don't get me wrong it's not the physical moving around it's the new place find out where everything is where's the gym where are you going to work from meeting the new people like that stuff takes mental energy and when you're trying to run the business at the same time it can detract from that and make it feel harder um has that been the case for you? Yeah, and, and it's also, so it, things take longer than you expect to, right? So every time I've made a move and I've had you know, client meetings and things set up uh, that I needed to attend or just projects that had deadlines, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't need to take time off for this. I'll work in the airport, which is just bullshit that never happens because, you know, you end up just doing other things or, you know, hanging out or sleeping. Yeah. And things always take longer than you think. Like uh, you get to the new place and even if you're, even if you've researched everything ahead of time and you have everything locked in, you're right. You still have to go find places. So something's not going to be working correctly, no matter where you land. Uh, so yeah, I, I've made that mistake several times, uh, in, especially when you're changing time zones too. So as a general rule now, um, I may not take an entire day off, but I just plan for that cushion. I let all my clients know, Hey, I'm available. I've got my phone. I've got Slack on my phone. I've got all the things that I shouldn't have on my phone. If you need me, I'm there, but I will be traveling. So don't expect a whole lot out of me during this time. Yeah, that's a good approach. And what I've also done as well, but even you saying that makes me think it's possibly even 
better to actually look at that period of time where you're moving around and just be like, I'm actually just off. Um, Mainly, I think, for the purpose of when you land in that new place, you're not like, okay, I need to get the laptop open and attend to those things. If actually I'm going to try this next time, actually it would be amazing to just get on that plane and know that I'm not back at work for two more days. So like you get there, you settle in, you find the places that you want to, um, you know, that are important to you, like the health stuff and, and actually a place to work. Uh, so that might be a good way to handle that. Yeah. And we all, we all, uh, humans do this all the time where we're like, oh, it's no big deal. Like that, you know, that whatever the fallacy is where something's in the future and you're like, oh, it's no big deal. Uh, I know like for me, we're going back to Mexico to Playa del Carmen here in, uh, October. And I'm thinking, you know, if it's a four hour flight from where I am now, um, big deal. I've been there before, but in my mind, you know, what I need to do is put a block on there and say, I'm not going to do anything the day of. And I'm not going to be available the day after because I'll do that now where I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead and, you know, schedule 10 meetings for the day that I, uh, for the day after I get there because something will inevitably go wrong and everything else. So it's, you just really do have to start yeah. protecting your time and I'm guilty of it. You know, I'll do that too, where I'll just say, sure, I'll, I'll have Wi-Fi on the plane, you know, and then I'm just miserable having to try to get things done in that little tiny seat. It's the worst place to work, isn't it? Yeah. And actually I think. I, to be fair, every time I get on a plane and know I have a flight coming up, I try to like see that time as, and this is a bit sad, but literally it's like, cool, I'm in a plane looking down on the world and I try and do like high level thing here. That point was like looking at the business and doing my own strategy for my own stuff. So I try and like tee it up, um, tee that time up for that kind of work. Which is nicer because it's usually not necessary to have the laptop open and have a pen and paper or you're just thinking about things. Um, and it can be quite nice when you land in a new place. If you've got new things you want to be trying out, it goes quite well together. So you're in a new place and there is something called the fresh start effect, which is a psychological um phenomenon where if you especially if you change environments it can be quite easy to start new habits uh build new routines um because it feels like you're you're kind of reinventing yourself in a very small way um for certain things um but yes definitely it can be a challenge as digital nomad to move around quickly which is why i think a lot of people are now uh, slow matting that's the term right where it's like maybe you're in a place for two or three months or even six months to a year um which some people might say is not traveling uh it's definitely on a longer horizon where you might be traveling for three years but staying in different places uh for much longer periods of time um but i totally get that now having done this for nine or so months yeah, though we we started from the beginning, we decided that we were going to do because uh, you know there's two of us, and you've seen I, I'll have to flash up on the screen the ridiculous amount of luggage that we have. Uh, it's like a lot. I don't think it's a lot compared to what I got rid of, but it is a lot of luggage. And we found that you know two months in a place is um, is okay. We, we spent two months in Bali. I could have spent longer there. Uh, three months seems to be a good rule. Uh, I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to the whole. I know you moved a lot, a lot quicker, quicker intervals. You know, a couple weeks here and there. Uh, I, I tend to feel a little too rushed on that. So I think three months is a, is a good, uh, you know, time 
zone, depending upon the visa situation, of course. But, but yeah, I know just skipping around like that uh, frequently just adds, because um, you know, traveling is stressful. Uh, as exciting as it is, you're also on the back end, there's there's all kinds of stress involved, whether you're dealing with the, the visa thing or the flights and, and the airports try to do the best they can, but you know, there's always problems there. So yeah, and no, I, I think that if it, it's, it's kind of a double-edged thing, but it is a con, uh, having, having the freedom to move around if you overbook yourself and just having that added pressure, especially, uh, work. That, and now, so the other thing too, is we try to travel and check in, uh, on weekdays. It's a little bit cheaper to fly, of course. And then you're also up against work. So ideally we all fly on Saturdays and Sundays and they have a day to, to check out your new location, but doesn't always work that way with work, especially as a freelancer when you may be up against a deadline on a weekend. So yeah, keeping, keeping up with the work and also trying to set yourself a buffer is really important. Keep your, your sanity anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. And this is one of the, it can, you know, we can turn it into a good situation with the ability to take that time off. And that's ultimately one of the reasons why we do this is to have that flexibility as I'm, as I'm sure many listeners, if they're not already doing this are interested in having. So that is one of the perks of running your own thing is that you have more flexibility to take days off like that. If you need to travel and move around. Um, the next one we had on the list is very similar. And I've personally experienced this in the last couple of months moving around no i think if you're slow madding it's easier to protect this but if you're doing it quickly like less than two months in any place your routines can get negatively affected um so my gym routines recently have been affected um and i say this as if it's the travel's fault it's not the travel's fault it's my fault however there's definitely increased difficulty moving from one place where you were in a really good routine to another. I don't know why. I don't know why it's suddenly more difficult. Um, but yeah, I went from Bulgaria to Italy and maybe it was because also it was Italy and it was summer and it was warm and there were more parties in the evening, etc. So less desire to go to the gym, especially it was hotter. Um and those gyms did not have great air conditioning. Um, so it was a bit of a sweat fest. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that like hard to get back into it for sure. Yeah. No, and, uh, especially cause you know, like every place is different. Like for example, like you just mentioned about the gym. So we're back in Detroit now and the gym that's not too far from here, uh, is busy at different times than the right. gyms that we were at overseas. So and that goes for stores, like some grocery stores, the things that you need for your daily life. So, you know, it goes back to just kind of learning your way around and getting a new, you may be used to, I go to the gym every day at 6 a.m. Well, you get to your new destination and it's completely packed. You can't even get in there and you have to start going in the evening. And again, these aren't, um, you know, huge insurmountable problems, but uh, it does throw you off for a little bit. So especially if there's a time change involved. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. And so... I think the more you can, in your travels, extend the horizon a little bit to two to three months, and especially that that gives you a little bit more time to plan ahead and figure out where the best places for you to go are so your routines aren't affected. And that's like grocery shopping as well because, you know, no one wants the nearest grocery shop to be super far away or the nearest health supplements if you're into that kind of thing, like to be 
you want to build your environment that's conducive to the kind of routines you want to have, right? Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's the antidote is planning and giving yourself more time to have that transition. Yeah. And there's, and there's a wealth of information now, you know, with uh, Facebook groups and they're not all, any, anybody who's been on any Facebook group for any topic doesn't just have to be digital nomads. Uh, there's, there are some helpful groups and then there are some groups where it's just a bunch of morons yelling at each other all day, which I really enjoy. I like going through the comments and watching all that stuff too. But we do a fair amount of that now where we try to get in. You can go into these groups and you can search for information. You can ask questions. Um, a lot of it, like going back to Mexico, we were there before. We had a problem getting supplements um, and certain things. And then we had to you know, look up, I had to get some dental work done. You know, like like life, life things happen, you know. So just doing a little bit of research ahead of time and trying to set that up as best you can really helps. And fortunately now there's quite a large community of nomads out there and expats. So. Uh, it'd be very, very hard to not find the information you need ahead of time. Uh, you know, so, and that kind of leads us into our next, uh, topic here with the building relationships. And we've found, um, through traveling and of course we're a couple, so uh, not, not you, not, not me and Reese, <laughs> but yeah, I <laughs> we're a couple. Like, so we travel. I wasn't aware of that, Lee. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I may have had yeah. the wrong idea with all of these. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, shit. Uh, Can't the episode. Yeah, we got to talk. But the, uh, but we've, we talked about this before where, uh, you know, Jesse and I will be out, you know, we kind of get like, cause we're a team, you know, and especially if you go to a country where, you know, obviously we speak English and, and we try to learn as best we can, but you just, you're not going to be fluent if you're somewhere for a few months. So, uh, you know, meeting other people and, and getting involved in groups. And, and there are a wealth of information on Facebook uh, for meetups and things like that that we found very helpful. And most major nomad spots now have co-working of some form. And uh, that's a great place to go. Like me, uh, I used to be uh, a heavy drinker. Uh, not when I say heavy, I mean heavy. And my means of meeting new people anywhere was on a bar stool which I still, I think about all the time. I love doing that stuff. It's just not conducive for my health anymore. Uh, but I found that, uh, co-working, even though they do have beer and wine there sometimes, but even though we don't go there to drink necessarily, um, it's kind of the same vibe. You know, you go in, there's a, a, a kind of a communal setting. People are, you know, the ones that want to be social are sitting at the community tables and everything like that. And, uh, so for meeting new people, we found that, you know, everybody's just kind of, cause we, we all know that we're there. And we're kind of, you know, uh, uh, misplaced, for example, like we're not home. So it's really easy to strike up a conversation at a co-working space. And I know you've probably, I think you've done more co-working and co-living than I have. So what's your experience with that? Yeah, it's the best. I think that, so to, to, to come back a little bit, I think that if you were not a digital nomad, but you wanted to travel, there's a couple of ways to do it. You either grab a group of mates and go somewhere, um, Southeast Asia, and you do the kind of typical route, um, or any route you please, but you go with a group of mates. Or you go on a soul-searching, solo travel experience um, in any place in the world. Those are the two typical um, approaches for like a longer-term travel period, like six months, maybe even 12 months. And when you're digital nomading, you are working, obviously, and that has its own stresses. And don't get me wrong, the other forms of travel have different stresses as well, um, especially if you do the solo travel route. There's you know lots of challenges there. But when you are working, 
it's extremely helpful to be surrounded by similar people that you know love travel obviously and are also building their own businesses or working remotely um in something they're passionate in. and utilizing things like co-working and co-living help you find communities you can kind of slot into and i think in reality there's very very few people on the earth that genuinely don't want to see people for like you know six months of the year as in like they really are on their own like in siberia or something living off of that like there are people like that but i think there's far few people that really do enjoy that and uh want that than people who maybe say they want that and keep in mind that as you travel if you do decide to go more like airbnbs on your own it may suck sometimes because you don't have that group of people that you're kind of getting to know on a on a deeper level. And to be honest, even with the co-living spaces, if you're moving around quickly, again, going back to the previous two points, if you're moving around quickly, even the people in those spaces, it is hard to build deeper kind of connections. Um, but it depends. It's a little bit of potluck. You will meet people that you spend two weeks with and you click instantly. The chemistry is amazing and you will you know, cherish those friends probably forever. Um, but yeah, I think the co-living and co-working are just super easy and simple ways to kind of like, cool, you're going to go to a new place. Maybe consider like use that as your little base um, to live or to work. And then you can go off and do some solo um, things from that. But I think the kind of foundation, depending on who you are and what you like, um, at least for me, I preferred that way because at least... Um, and that's through experience of doing quite a few solo Airbnbs that I was just like, actually, I just rather like have a place I could go to. If I want to go down to the kitchen and hang out with people, I can straight away. It's not like, oh, I have to go online, look for a, a group or a meetup. It's like they're already there. And the, the chance that I'm going to get on with them is super, super high because we're all doing similar things. Yeah, that's true. And and you've got that built in um, like kind of like, you know, companion for something. So for example, like I'm sure if you show up to a co-living place, there's people at different stages. Like somebody may have just arrived the morning that you yeah. got there. Somebody may have been there for a month. So you, know, you walk in the door and you're like, well, I think you've even done this before. Like, oh, there's a walking tour that I want to do. Does anybody want to go? And inevitably yeah. somebody there will either have done it and be able to give you information or they'll want to go as well. So you kind of have that built in wealth or local knowledge too. Yeah, and it just yeah. kind of keeps rotating and building on itself. So, and and I've it is also I've learned a lot too as as far as my uh, my writing career goes, because we also find that not only do we all have a lot in common because of our travel, um, but most of us do similar type jobs. Uh, so I've I've learned a lot from people, um, just other copywriters and other marketers, because um, it, it's it's rare. You know, like you go to a you go to a bar here, for example, you could run into somebody like I could have hang out with a, somebody who's a plumber that, uh, you know, great job, but I, you know, don't know a thing about it. And I find that most of those co-working spaces or the meetups are people that have very similar interests travel-wise and career-wise as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think the, the level of openness tends to be quite higher. And I mean, at least personally for me, that's quite an important thing. And, um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's comforting to know that they're your they're your people, you know. Um, which I think when you're when you're traveling and experiencing new places, like it's amazing to have that. Like 
you're in that new place, you want to go visit some of the attractions or whatever, or go out to zoos, like you've got people instantly, you can hey, do you go. Um, I had that in, in Italy. I was in a really, really cool kind of thing. Um, Casa Be Natural. Um, so they're an organization. They do lots of things across Italy. Um, the essence from what I understood is that they are trying to revive and protect local knowledge, especially in deeply rural areas that are a little bit forgotten, um, from the kind of more built up areas in Italy, which is a really cool project and working with art artisan locals like, um, honey producers and, you know, uh, bakers, etc. Um, really, really cool. And they have a co-living space in Matera in Italy, which is the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world. Um, which is pretty, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool, stunning, really beautiful. Um, and really cool people. You wanted to go for food. There was always a couple of people that wanted to go, especially coffee in Italy. Um, and a couple of like music events were on and we were kind of invited by the organizations, some of the members and their friends, et cetera. So super, super communal. Um, and yeah, you just, you're like, you, again, you're like bought into an automatic community straight away. Yeah. And that reminds me of, uh, speaking of cons, uh, the, and I think you experienced this too, the reverse culture shock of coming back home after being gone for so long. Um, and that applies, to, that applies to several things. I've, I've, so I love being back in the U S obviously all my family's here, uh, all my stores, I can buy all kinds of, kinds of gadgets and have them shipped to the house, uh, in the same day. But, uh, but, you know, I probably put on at least 10 pounds since being back just because we, you know, we were in Vietnam and most of the food in Southeast Asia is fairly healthy. Definitely not, uh, our stupid sized portions that we have here. So some of the, so a con for me, uh, for coming back home is just eating too much, uh, you know, trying to get to the gym like we talked about earlier. And it's just kind of the reverse culture shock. You know, we every country has its political issues, uh, and, and it's not it's not as bad here as, as you if you watch the news, it makes it look like we're a disaster over here. It's really not that bad. But just like coming home and, and going to a couple things or going to like a a store or or I keep saying bar because I love them so much. But uh it's like holy shit, this is it feels a little weird and it it's it's a little out of place for a bit. So and it's, it's getting back into some unhealthy habits that I had back here. Um, you know, that that's just, that's just a willpower thing for me. But I think you had the same experience because you just got from back from Italy, you're back in the UK now. And I think did you say, uh, you went to a couple festivals over there. Um, got the festival this Sunday, um, Peggy goo for anyone who's interested. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, reverse culture shock. So I am currently sat in a co-working space in a place called Bissa in the UK. I grew up near here. Um, and it's strange. It's really strange to be back. Um, it was odd. I surprised some of my old um, colleagues in London when I first arrived. I literally got off the plane, went straight to the office and surprised people. And yeah, it was it was strange being back. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny because you come back and I know, I think this is said quite often in the travel spaces you come back and like everyone's kind of doing the same stuff and no one's been on like any in not no one but like people are kind of still in their routines they're still going to that same bar on on the same day of the week etc and they've not been through any 
particularly enlightening experiences perhaps um, that are more conducive when you are traveling. So like you go through that stuff when you're on the road and you experience things and you kind of come back and you're like, you don't really want to just like offload all of that to people because one, they're unlikely to understand because you kind of got to be there to, to understand it. Um, and you just come across as one of those, one of those guys, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's a balance. It's, it's funny because you're, you're too kind. I was going to say, I, I come back and everybody bores me. Everybody <laughs> yeah, uh, because you know you're right. Because everybody has their daily, and I was you know I lived that life for a long time. You know where I, I had my daily routine, I had my favorite spots, I had my errands that I would run, the people I would see regularly, whether it was a neighbor or a coworker. Um, and then when you when you come back and you have all these things that you just did that were like vastly different, different experiences from all these places, and then people are still talking about. Like, oh, I guess uh, we got to go, you know, cut the grass today or, or we got to run to whatever, you know, which, which is, that's, that's their thing. But I'm like, oh shit, you know, and, and you're right about not wanting to just come in the door wherever you're at and start talking about all the, all the fun you had and great experiences unless people ask. So it is a little yeah. strange, you know, because people, you know, that's, that's human nature, whatever little, um, whatever little tribe or whatever little bubble we're in that becomes our world, you know? So, yeah. it, and that's one of the best things about being able to do this is that it changes so much. Um, but it is, it is challenging coming back and, uh, going to the same places. And I'm like, God, you're still sitting here. You know, you're still on this bar stool after all these years. Now that said, I was that moron sitting on the same bar stool every day at four o'clock in Florida for 15 years. So I've, you know, I've been there too. Yeah. I mean, soon. yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and also I think that one of the, so one of the cons, if you like, is you are likely to come back and people will have whilst they may be doing mostly the same things they've also moved on in in many ways and, and life moves on in those places that you used to live and it can be a negative because you especially if you plan to do this for a very long time those lives will move on considerably at some point um and you won't have been there necessarily for some of those moments and it is something to just keep in mind that if you decide to travel long term moving from place to place, you are likely to experience that kind of, it's, I think it's a little bit deeper than like fear of missing out. I think it's a it's especially with the people you are, were close to or are close to, even if you're, um, at a distance because yeah, there's like critical moments that people go through, um, within friendships, et cetera. And, uh, you won't be there. So just keep that in mind. Um, but what for me, it's, made me realize is cool like i definitely want to keep in touch more when i am on the road um to kind of be there in some way you know um, because you still can be even if you're not physically there yeah we actually see um well a couple of points to that uh i'm actually more excited to come home now uh and uh, i'm excited to see people that that i really enjoyed being around but you know when you're around somebody every day it just becomes you know normal it's not yeah. that big of a deal so having that like excitement of you know, coming back into a town that I've been to a hundred times, but I'm like, oh, look at this new store over here. You know, like things that people take for granted when you're, when it's in front of you all the time. I, I've had that experience too. So that, that's been really nice and just keeping it fresh. And we see, um, I see family more now than ever, uh, before, if, like when I was in Florida, for example, my family's up here a couple thousand miles away. Uh, we would, you know, travel back once a year, maybe, uh, now, uh, after being gone for that length of time and, and being nomadic in the States as well, uh, just like, Hey, let's go spend two weeks at my, my mother's place or my dad's place. We filmed from before. So, so that that's 
it's it's kind of everything's kind of fresh, but you do have to keep up with people. Social media helps with that. Um, but I do find it uh, I'm a little more excited to kind of see what everyone's up to when you're when you're removed from it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It um it definitely makes you not take things for granted, even just the ability to do this. Um extremely lucky. Um bit of hard work thrown in there, but yeah, a lot of luck. Um family I think is quite an important aspect um for a lot of people and this is a way to see more family especially if your family's like this dispersed and i imagine it's quite common in the u.s because you've got such a big country um you know what i think of like five hour car journeys is like oof. but like for you it's more like you have to get on a plane to see um yeah yeah i think uh i forget i've driven the country several times across and it's uh from one coast to another i mean it's it's days you know, like you could drive all the way through, but I think it's like 50 hours of driving or something like that. But yeah, the, the flights are a little bit of a challenge. But but now like when we we did one of our episodes, I was in my dad's bar and, um, and, and how we, we go spend longer in places, get to kind of learn or get to kind of know those areas a little bit better. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, you know, uh, for, for every, you know, for every negative uh, impact from all this traveling, there's 10 positive things that have come out of it. So uh, definitely after... It'll be two years now in November. We're actually going back to where we started in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And we'll, it'll be the two year mark on, uh, November 2nd. And, uh, man, I, it's, it's been great. Like, uh, so I know we're, our episodes about cons here, but, uh, there've been very, very few and far between and, um, you know, nothing's, nothing's insurmountable, especially with technology and, and using your network of, of other travelers. For sure. It's really good to know that you uh, you started on the 2nd. I started on the 6th of November, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very close. Um, yeah, I think the the way I frame all of these cons is gr- like gratitude. It just makes me more mm. grateful for um, the time you do get with people, um, for when you do have that routine in place. Like, be grateful. Like, one, that you're able to do all those things. And, you know, if it that routine breaks... You will be able to get it back, um, and you can deploy tactics um, yeah. to prevent it happening in the first place. It's the whole, you know, it's the whole scarcity thing, you know, like in marketing. If there's less of something, if there's less less seeing people, less seeing family, less seeing the places you love, it's that. So we'll we'll end here. I'm going to show everybody because I'm down in a basement. I got my new manatee slippers. Drive, no yeah, yeah, That's a little manatee it. on there. Yeah, oh. <laughs> the cheapest shit. Power, it's power of Amazon. So That's we'll uh, we'll. We'll end our con episode with that. We'll leave everybody with that. But uh, our links will be in the show notes. We've got our uh, new TikTok channel, Instagram. We haven't been on threads yet, but that's next. So links will be in the show notes. And we've got a couple of episodes coming up with new guests. And we were also uh, just on Ann's episode, like we mentioned before. And we'll also link to that. See you later. <laughs> Sounds good, everybody. See ya.